I'm pretty sure my eighth grade or my middle school may have been sort of ahead of its time, dude, playing uh, It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to well, Yesterday I think- over, the, over the intercom. Attention students, we know this is the last day of school and we just wanted to play something special for you, so please enjoy this song. <laughs> How do I say goodbye? I think we had the... The same thing, but mainly because I knew that I would be going to a uh, like a Christian school the next year, so it was pretty sad. Mm. Pretty sad. And they play different songs over the intercom there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> when the roll is called up yonder, <laughs> the old rugged cross. <laughs> Hey, all you half-elves and barbarians, welcome back to your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad, a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. We are your hosts, Woody Brown. And Tyler Bentz. How's it going? What is up, brother? Just hanging out. You sound real sleepy. <laughs> I'm not sleepy. It's just, well. Well, you kind of sound like you just woke up. For I, my family is out of town. Typically, well, at least lately. Story's already too long. <laughs> no, lately it's been me watching the girls while my wife's had to go uh, handle. Long. Already too long. Handle that business, work. And so for these last couple of days, it's been old T-Bird by himself. And I've slept late every day. I've stayed Watch up. scary movies. All night long. Uh, I did start the new uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, which... I haven't seen it yet. We'll talk about it later. Maybe a different I haven't finished it, show. but... Uh, oh, yeah, okay. a couple things, though. I finally got around to finishing Shadow and Bone. Ooh, yes. And, man, it was, it's pretty awesome. Amazing, right? Yeah, dude. I loved it, dude. I, honestly, though, I, I mean, I think because I was, like, drawing, the first two episodes felt so slow to me, and I felt like I just missed so much that... Yeah. You need to go back. I yeah, I went. I totally went back and just restarted from the top. And man, it's awesome. And I'm praying that there's a that they're going to keep going. Do you know yeah, anything too. about it? Yeah, I mean, one of our friends uh, the other night basically said that he had mm. heard that they canceled. But I looked that up, and I'm calling BS on it. So I fact checked that son, mm-hmm. and it looks like it's going to get renewed for a second season. Hopefully. And if you if you haven't seen it yet, this is we're talking about a, a Netflix original called Shadow and Bone. It's based on a well, a trilogy of books, but there are, apparently are even more books um, mm-hmm. that kind of talk about other characters and stuff. Yeah, and you know, initially I was kind of nervous to watch the show because like the books themselves are like I think they're like t- like young adult novels. Oh, really? Yeah, and so, exactly, man. When you watch the show, you don't feel that, right? I mean, they did a good job. I haven't read the books yet, but they do a good job of making it, like, a cool Mm -hmm. show that adults will like, and it's not for, you know, teens or whatever. But, um, (laughs) you you took a breath like you were going to say something, like you were going to... No, I was, try- so I was I, trying to be cough. I was like, I mean, I was trying to be cough. I was trying to be quiet while I cough. See what I'm saying? You sound sleepy. Oh man, I, it's early. Chug that Red Bull, dude. I, I'm on my second one already. Holy um, moly! Hey, one thing that was weird about it. Did you notice that, like, at the beginning of every episode, it would say, you know, like violence, you know, whatever, and then it would say nudity, but like, I, I don't I think there was see, any I nudity. I didn't see any nudity. I mean, yeah. There wasn't really anything. Mm-mm. But like almost on every episode, it says nudity. So that mm. was weird. Yeah, I don't know. Didn't, I didn't understand didn't, that. Uh, didn't notice anything. Dude, I got to tell you, man, over the uh, over the weekend. Oh, we're just we're just moving on the sh- Shadow Bone. Well, a couple of things. First off, <clears throat> well. <laughs> you're pulling on old you, Tyler. There. You're asleep and I'm just, uh, now it's it's coming through. And it's like affecting me now. I'm just now waking my up. Mind is you're getting slower. ready for, it's 10 o'clock, you're it's, getting ready for yeah, bed. It's almost bedtime. I've been up for 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, over the weekend, my son had his first piano recital. Now, you know, he is eight going on nine. I myself, and well, I don't know if he's a child prodigy, but I myself 
um, around his age, also did my first piano recital, and I'll never forget it. And it's just so funny because, as you know, being around both my kids, you know, he and I are so much, like, we're just so different. Like, when I was his age, man, I I was always kind of just, like, wanting attention and just, like, doing silly things to, like, make girls laugh and all this kind of stuff. And he is very much the opposite of that. He doesn't want a whole lot of attention. He's a lot like my brother where that kind of stuff just doesn't interest him and he's just kind of like shies away from it. I mean, is uh, he your brother's? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, but my brother and I kind of joke that, you know, one of his sons basically acts just like me. And of course my son acts just like him. And so we kind of joke about the fact that we're raising each other. But, um, you know, before we get there, my son asks uh, Ann and I, he goes, hey, I mean, how many people am I going to be playing in front of? And we're like, mm, I mean, I don't know. I imagine, you know, the kids that are that belong to that studio because it's kind of like a music stu- music and dance studio. Mm-hmm. And then their parents, you know. And so he's probably like, like thousands. Oh. Yeah, no. He's like, <clears throat> oh, okay. So we get, we pull up into this uh, church and it's in this sanctuary and I can just see him like, getting yeah. more and more tense, right? And he's looking sharp as a tack. He's got a little bow tie on. He's just, oh, hell yeah. you know, he's just ready to rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Well, we go in there and we go into the auditorium. There's all these people sitting in the in the um, pews. You know, the piano's up on this stage. It's, you know, on a riser basically. Mm-hmm. And he just like grabs my hand. He's like, "I can't. I, hey dad, I can't do this. I'm not going to do this. I... I I'm not good. I don't want to play piano ever again. You know, he's just, he went literally <laughs> from like zero to 60 in like a millisecond. And I'm like, what? I mean, like, I'm kind of taken aback because I can't believe, like, you know, I mean, for the lack of a better way to describe it, like this negativity that's coming out of his mouth and this like quitters attitude. And so, like, I take him aside. And at first, like, nothing that I'm saying. He's just like, just immediate rebuttal, like, no, 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 I'm not good. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't want to do this. I can't do this, yada, yada, yada. So then I was like, okay, son, do you think that I got nervous before I would, you know, when when I was in the band and before I went on stage and sang in front of, you know, hundreds of people and then later thousands of people? And he was like, no. And then I said, do you think I got nervous before I, you know, speak in front of an audience or anything now? And he's like, no. And I said, well, here's the thing. Actually, before I go on stage or before I do like any public speaking or anything like that, you know, I do have a little bit of nerves. There's always like this, you know, nervous feeling. But what I did back then, you'll remember this dude, is before we would go on stage, every single night we were on tour, I would call my mom, I would call my dad, and I would call Ann. And something about like hearing their voices always kind of like anchored me to home mm-hmm. in a way and it would make me feel like oh I wasn't that far oh, you know from them and it would always just make me like feel like super pumped up but also my dad would say every single night like literally if we were playing every night in a row my dad never failed he would say this to me he would say okay like right before I was you know wrapping up the conversation he would say son I want you to go out there I want you to give it 110% I don't want you to leave in ounce of yourself up on that stage you give it your all Mm -hmm. and i'd say yes sir and he's like no i'm serious you know give it everything you got and so i said now son i'm going to tell you the same thing and so i told him that and i said now i believe in you but really that doesn't matter this is that moment in life that you have to prove to yourself that you can do this yeah you know Mm -hmm. and so you know as much as an eight-year-old can kind of conceptually like (laughs) take that all in he was kind of still like you know in his mind he was probably like that's great dad but this sucks i don't want to do you know he's like geez now i'm even more right he's like wait what (laughs) so basically he he then goes up and the the music teacher's like okay and she kind of like corrals all these kids of, of various ages as young as like you know six or seven and as old as like middle school mm-hmm. and kind of kind of gets them to the front of the auditorium or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so like at this point, it's like, whoop, too late. Now he's got to do this. There's no, he doesn't have a choice, you know? Right. And so he gets up there, man. And then whenever it's his turn, I'm like so nervous because 
I honestly, for a second, thought he's just going to run out of this room and I'm just going to be like, huh? But he gets up there. You can tell he's just like kind of nervous. He gets up to the piano, like stool or whatever. He's like positioning his hands. And for a second there, dude, I thought this kid is not going to sit down. He's going to play standing up like Jerry Lee Lewis style or something. I don't know. You know, and then he sits down calmly and then he plays this piece that they had to memorize. You know, he had to memorize, everybody had to memorize their, their songs and he just crushed it, dude. And then he gets down and he gets off and you can just tell what, after he was just like, oh my gosh, man, I'm so glad I, I did that, you know. It was and, a rush. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, I, yeah. I can't wait to do it again, and, you know, yeah, you know, all that stuff. And so it was just so cool, man. Because, but it's also hard, right? As like a, as a dad and a parent, it's like you want to protect your kids from everything that's going to make them either mm-hmm. hurt or uncomfortable. Yeah. But you, but having to like allow them to like get up there and and figure it all out and experience that feeling for themselves so that they yeah. know that they can do it was just like crazy. And you know, your boy got teary eyed when he saw his son up there. But what you probably didn't know, and what the listener definitely wouldn't know, is that I actually got teary eyed with every kid. <laughs> not even, not even my own, dude. I was like so like I was just an emo- I was just emotional, man. These you know, these kids would go up and they would sing a song or whatever and I would just be like <laughs> That'd be just so, so nervous. awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah. It was it was uh it was really, really cool. Man, that's awesome, dude. Super, super proud. Now how how long has he has he uh has he been playing? He's been taking lessons for about a year, like almost a year really. Kind of every week. Because man, i I feel like I feel like I'm really just failing because, you know, I mean most of my adult life I've been like a like professional guitar player and then i i haven't taught either of my girls anything on guitar yeah but i mean dude i don't know the thing about guitar specifically is like yeah you can get them like the little tiny guitars but it's like i think until they have that like drive to do it you know Mm -hmm. i mean in certain scenarios, yes, you kind of have to force them. But with guitar specifically, dude, you got to wait until their arms are big enough to get around it, you know? Yeah. Otherwise, I feel like it's just kind of a waste. Well, but then you look at those like little Japanese or Korean kids that are just like three years old and they're just shredding up there. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, how many of those shredders ended up being in like, I don't know. Wait, wait, like you're about Canceled. to name me. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking about like most of the, I think there's a difference big difference between being creative and being someone that just like robotically oh shreds yeah. the guitar you yeah, know like sure. a, none of those folks that i know of end up being in like i don't know yeah, yeah. well i i think you and i are very different in the sense that like we just because we've i mean that's been who we are for so long is like we we value being like like band guys or being like a part of like a band over these sort of this is gonna sound bad but like cheesy like solo guys Mm -hmm. it's like it's cool if you're just you know um like uh slash well but i mean at least he was in guns and roses but like uh like mateus uh asato that that guy that i send you videos all the time Mm -hmm. on instagram and you know they're just like those sort of it's just them and they're just playing and it's like that's super cool but at the end of the day it's like man i would much rather have like you know the a full band that's, yeah exactly yeah that's all contributing and like putting in their own like thing to make it a much bigger than themselves mm-hmm. you know yeah so speaking of music i kind of want to go into a little thing one of our friends and family and fans and listeners i never really know what to call them our people julie i happened to see on her story where something along the lines of her saying my favorite part of the day is taking my kids to school and like um, talking about her daughter like having a favorite song and that is like one of my all-time mm-hmm. favorite things mm-hmm. to do I, I take the kids to school every day and um you know, it's just cool to see like how they kind of go. They kind of change like what like their favorite songs and stuff. Yeah. So like, for me, I'm always trying to like get Amelia, especially she's six, and I'm always trying to like get her hooked on like a song. And I'll tell you the song that has lasted the longest without any of them getting exhausted about it, and a song that really has made me kind of look at it a different way. Of instead of being cheesy. To maybe being like one of the best songs ever written is 
a song called Teenage Dirtbag by a band called Weedus. Mm-hmm. Man, what a great song. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude, um, I, I love taking the kids to school. Well, I, right now, I'm, I take our oldest to his school, and my wife takes mm-hmm. our daughter to her school. So when he and I are driving to his school... Man, we're jamming to all kinds of stuff, whether he likes mm-hmm. to or not. You know, it's still that time of day when, I mean, it's like 7.30 in the morning. So some days right. he's like energized. Some days he's like, Dad, can we just yeah, turn it here. down? Mm-hmm. And uh, lately we've been jamming to oh, a whole lot of Weezer, actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's always kind of liked Weezer. It is funny, though, like you said, they're, the evolution, right? And so when he was like... Man, I don't know, one or two, <clears throat> maybe two. He, mm-hmm. he somehow heard that Taylor Swift song, Shake It Off, and was obsessed, dude. Oh, he nice. was obsessed. That's awesome. But yeah, the evolution, you know, they like, my kids love, we always jammed like Queen and mm-hmm. Phoenix and uh, Weezer. One thing too about Amelia that she, I mean, even from like a really early age, um, She's really been obsessed with, like, like she she, she knew who John Williams was, like, mm-hmm. at like three or four, and like by name. Mm-hmm. So she she's always loved the scores. She's she really likes like the How to Train Your Dragon score, mm. which is really cool, and it has uh, stuff from Yonzi, the yes, the singer from Sigur Rós mm-hmm. on there. So. Um, yeah, there's some pretty good stuff on Yeah, and Woodrow, same thing. Like, he's always been obsessed with John <clears throat> John Williams and diving mm-hmm. into, like, and we've talked about it on the show before, like, John Williams, his catalog, man, of just iconic themes oh, and scores in the movies that just meant so much to us growing up. Like, I mean, it's just so many. Everything, mm-hmm. of course, Star Wars. But, like, Superman in the movie and... Indiana Indiana Jones and Mm E.T. and like all these movies. I mean, and then going into like Harry Potter and like Mm -hmm. it's just in Home Alone Alone. and like in some Mm -hmm. of them you can kind of hear similarities and stuff. But um, oh, there's definitely he he definitely has like a like a vibe, mm -hmm, you know. mm -hmm. Um, It's just but it's cool because the second you hear it, you're like, yeah, that's John John Williams. Mm -hmm. Actually, sometimes on the way to school, I find that perfect spot on the E.T. soundtrack. You know, right when Elliot and E.T. take off on the bike. Oh. You know that. And we just crank it super loud. It's awesome. That's awesome. And I do this thing, too, as we pull into, like, the drop-off line. I'm like, you know, it's already kind of loud. And his thing is, like, turn off the music whenever they open the door to get me out. Because he just gets, like I said, he gets embarrassed. Yeah, and so dude, like Amelia gets the same way. She's like, just turn it, she, turn, 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 turn it, turn it down, turn it off, all the way down. <laughs> And I, and so like as we're getting closer, he's like, "Hey, Dad, turn it off." And then I just like yell into the backseat. I'm like, "What? Oh, turn it up! Gotcha!" And I just like crank it even more. He's like, "Dad, Dad, he's freaking out." I'm like, "Louder! Got it!" And it's just like blaring. And then I just like press pause right as they open the door, and he's just like, <laughs> he's just oh, freaking out, awesome. man. It's just it's uh, well, basically, I'm just like torturing the kid before he yeah. uh, gets out of my. Uh, out like, of my well, that's that's. Only going to get worse. Yeah, as he, exactly. As he gets older. Dude, you know what other songs I've kind of uh, been listening to? I'm so glad we're getting into this. Do you remember the song by the band Radish, Little Pink Stars? Little Pink Stars. No, but a song on my list is from Hum uh, mm. called Stars. Nice, man. A little synchronicity there. Yeah, I saw them at Lollapalooza in 1999. Yeah, it was like Ben Queller's band before he just broke off and went solo. Yep. And then um, a bunch of like... What was that album called? Wasn't it called like mm. something like Bolt or something? Restraining Bolt. I knew I was right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I saw that. That's yeah, probably the reason why I bought that CD. Because this was like back in the day when oh. it's just like, you just would look at the titles of songs and album titles and just be like, hmm. And then because they said restraining bolt, I'm like, this guy's a fan of Star Wars. I'm yeah, grabbing right. the CD. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, a couple songs of note. I kind of recently got back into Annie DeFranco, which is like, did you ever get into her? I mean, a little, yeah. I mean, mm, not a ton. I mean, it was definitely like a, 
riot girl, you know, folk punk kind of thing. But like, she was really big. Like, she was on the cover of like Rolling Stone and Spin and stuff. But she has a an album called called Tiny Plastic Castle, which I really like. But um, the kids like some of the stuff from her. Uh, a band called That Dog. Do you remember them? Oh, heck yeah, man! Really? Oh yeah, dude. Man. I know, it's funny that we never, well, I'm sure we talked about them at some point, but um, yeah, dude, that dog was amazing. They actually opened up for Blur when I saw them oh, in man. Atlanta. A funny, funny story. Like, my dad took my brother and I to that concert. It was at the Fox, I think. Such a great venue. It is. And it was cool, too, because, you know, my dad, my dad, like, literally... I don't know if there's any other human being that could fall asleep during a during a rock concert, but my dad, like Homer Simpson's, like the grandpa or whatever, my dad was like dead asleep. Me and my brother just loving this show because it was like around the time that like song, song two, two era. yeah, like around mm-hmm. that late sort of like '90s, um, and it was just amazing to see them live. And then of course, like that kind of full circle back to giving my dad a call before I went on stage, um, calling him the night that we played no it wasn't the fox dude it was the roxy oh yeah yeah the night that we played the roxy and was sold we out sold out the roxy and uh man that that was a cool sort of full circle to uh and i'm like hey dad i'm i'm about to go on stage at the place that you fell asleep so uh you know pretty cool <laughs> that's awesome yeah dude i love that dog man i haven't <laughs> i haven't even thought about them in forever if i remember right they kind of had like a i think i had the hots for like the singer i don't really i think there's a few a few, maybe a few girls in the band. Yeah. What What's interesting, it's funny that we're talking about this because them, Radish, and then another band on my list that nobody has ever heard Come about. Come on, hit me uh, with it. A band called Orbit. Oh, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, they, 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 what do you mean nobody has heard well, of them? Well, like, I'm not talking about Orbit like the, like the Electronica band. And I think the only reason you probably heard of them is because like I've secretly raved about them for years, but like, they have a song called Medicine that is just... She's a car broken down on the highway. She's a good little girl, but a daddy... I don't know, something about it just feels so, like, 90s, early 2000s, but, mm. yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah. I... I think you're right. I think the only reason I know about them is because you... I feel like I've had that conversation before with you. I'm like... Right. Yeah, man, they yeah. covered Blue Monday. <laughs> and you're like, no, not that, Orbit. Not that one. Uh, a couple other bands, uh, they might be giants, Birdhouse in Your Soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. a good one. Um, pretty weird band. Um, it took me a while to kind of, I mean, I always, I've always loved that song, uh, Birdhouse in Your Soul, just because it's so kind of like quirky and, and cool. But some of their other stuff's a little interesting, I guess, if you will. But I used to listen to this podcast called the Grizzly Bear Egg Cafe Podcast, and they basically do exactly what we're doing now. It was around forever, and just two best friends just kind of talking, mm-hmm. and they were obsessed with They Might Be Giants. So it kind of, you know, it kind of made me take a closer look at them. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple other bands, uh, Joanna Newsom, mm-hmm. um, a song called Sadie. Uh, my one of my all-time favorite songs of the early 2000s, Primitive Radio Gods. Oh yeah, man! Standing outside a phone booth with money in my hand. Yep, it's like I may play that song in my queue. Um, Doctor Dog, a song called Vampire. Yes. It's really cool. And then uh, lastly, and usually I'm not into these bands that like cover other songs like you know there, there's a lot of these bands that, like um what's the band called um there's a band with like four cello players called apocalyptica mm-hmm. where they play make metallica you know, they just do like, and stuff yeah they do like metallica and like uh megadeth covers and stuff and it's all on cello which i mean it's pretty amazing yeah, it sounds awesome yeah it really does um but this this band is called uh brass against hmm. and it's like it's all it's just this huge brass band and uh, I'll have to send this song to you. But they cover this song called The Pot, which is a Tool song, which I know that you're not too a big fan of. Um, but it's really cool to hear. And, like, it's still, like, equally as heavy. 
dude. Right just when you like said tool, a, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Right when you said tool, it reminded me of, and you're gonna have to help me out with this. And I'm, I feel like everything that we do, I feel like, oh, I think we might have already talked about this. So mm-hmm. forgive me, listener, if you've already heard us in this discussion, but it could have just been a phone call that we had, dude. What is the video where it has that? girl bass player and there's like this part where she's just like oh, dude. a quick break she like ties up her hair in a bun and then just starts rocking out again my okay. gosh the hottest coolest, thing i've ever seen coolest video of all time but within the context okay so so here's it let me like it's not lead. tool right it's no 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 but close okay okay so i was a, a fan of tool forever i was a fan of like a lot a lot of heavy stuff while woody was like brit into like oasis and like brit pop and stuff um, way in, long before Woody and I knew each other, mm-hmm. I was into, you know, like Tool and a bunch of metal stuff and like some new metal stuff like Taproot and Glassjaw. Good God, and uh, well, Glassjaw, like, <laughs> I mean, God, some I, of I these names, you, dude. Is, no, you hate all. No, that no, stuff. no, no. Yeah. I don't hate it. I just never really listened to it back in the day. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, and uh, so a huge fan of Tool for the longest time. They kind of went on hiatus. Apparently there were all these rumors, you know, I was like obsessed with like uh, Guitar World magazine, you know, all, all these like guitar magazines. I would get them every every month from the grocery store. Well, I would actually steal them when I uh, worked at Ingalls. But um, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, Tool kind of went on hiatus. Maynard James Keenan, the lead singer of Tool, had kind of like cryptically kind of put out some stuff of like, you know, I may have, I may be working on another project and and you kind of thought that it was Tool. Well, all of a sudden this video comes out. Also keep in mind, uh, Manor James Keenan, the singer for Tool is, he's always been bald. And so this video comes out by a band called A Perfect Circle and the song is called Judith. And it is the most bad song mm-hmm. ever. And the video is like, so cryptic it never really shows like directly on like anyone's face and it was kind of like a super group of like a you know sort of like a bunch of like josh freeze uh a guy named billy howardell who had done a bunch of stuff done of like uh done a ton of producing and stuff i think later uh james eha from the smashing pumpkins mm-hmm. was in there paz lynchenton lynchanton i know i'm saying that wrong but she was the one that you're talking about where like there's this like break in the song and her hair's down and it's kind of like this this like I don't know like post verse sort of like breakdown mm-hmm. where they're just kind of ringing out and the guitar player's doing this little ostinato thing and she does this like so fast where she like reaches over and you see her like grab like a hair tie like off of like the top of her amp and she like does this thing where she like puts her hair up like in a bun and then like comes right back into Dude. like playing with a verse kicks it, back in. Like I literally, I'm not even joking right now, I have like full body chills just Me too. thinking about that scene. And, and you know, it's, it's funny, so like... sexy. Just and like, you don't even know what she looks like. Yeah, I mean, just like what you were talking about, given the context of like, you were into like metal and stuff. And I mean, mm-hmm. I liked some stuff, you know, like I would listen to like White Zombie or Metallica. But like for the most part, yes, I was like super into Britpop. So like Oasis, Blur, Kula Shaker, you know, uh, Space Hog, mm-hmm. Radiohead all these kind of bands, I remember seeing this video and, yeah. and not really knowing, like, you know, what's what and, and what's going on here. But the way it was done, visually, it's just Brilliant. super intriguing. And then I yeah. remember seeing that scene and just being like, holy crap, who mm-hmm. is this? And it's just like, it's, yes, it's super, super hot, but also it's just so badass, man. Like, yeah, oh, super badass. You know, Ugh, it's just awesome. It's like this really, it's just like the second you said tool, I was like, oh yeah, wasn't there some sort of boom? So a perfect circle. Yeah, now I'm gonna have to go watch that video. Yeah, the whole, the record is called Mare de Gnomes, which is also cryptic. It's Latin for Sea of Names, which is pretty cool. But yeah, they were, they were all like members of like other groups. So it really was kind of like a super group. And then Maynard has this like long, like, you know, long hair, like this wig on. So mm. even though you're like, that's got to be Maynard, because he has such a, like a, a distinctive voice that like, it's like, that's got to be him. But then you, you know, you see like the long hair and it's like, what is going on? Who is this? 
But yeah, dude, it's amazing. And if you grew up in that sort of era like we did, man, it was uh, it was just super, super cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. So what else you got, man? Um... Is there a pattern forming here? No, don't worry about it. I got it. Tell me, what is it? <laughs> I don't understand why you're single. Why you're picking on me, Max? I mean, I listed a lot because of because you lost my f- carpet cleaning van, and I don't like you, you f- sucker. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. What a perfect time to go into a break. After these messages, we'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very confusing. For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures. From another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. You're listening to That Would Be Rad. God, these allergies, man. You got allergies today? No, but I felt really weird yesterday, man. Like, I, I... was more tired than normal um, mm-hmm. around like 8.30 and stuff. and just felt crappy. So I went to bed. Well, I went and laid in bed around like 9.30 and was just reading the, the newest book that I'm reading, which, by the way, dude, I know I've mentioned this before on the show that I mm-hmm. had been reading the Dragonlance Chronicles, which, you know, it's a trilogy of books written by uh, a lady named Margaret Weiss and then a mm-hmm. guy named Tracy Hickman. Dude, I finally finished them. And oh, oh uh, she wrote uh, A Fast Car. Tracy Chapman. <laughs> Jesus. No, Tracy Hickman. It's a dude. I finally finished them, dude, and they are amazing. Now, Man. within like the Dungeons and Dragons sort of like fandom, I'll say, mm-hmm. there's like an age old sort of which is better sort of rivalry between right. the Dragonlance sort of world and, and, and books and stuff like that and the forgotten realms which is yep. kind of what a lot of the modules and stuff are today um although they came out only a few years apart which is interesting and so what people often ask is well which one do you like better you know the drizzit mm-hmm. stuff which happens in the forgotten realms or this stuff in the dragonlance chronicles and the answer is i like them both equally mm-hmm. for different reasons and uh, what's interesting, man, is like, even though they're both like, okay, they're official sort of Dungeons and Dragons book series and stuff, they take place in two separate settings within the D&D universe. Mm-hmm. And the history behind them is actually kind of kind of cool, man. I think even if you're not into Dungeons and Dragons, when you hear the name Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. in those early modules, you probably think, oh, I mean, I don't know. Like if someone was to ask you, like, what's Dungeons and Dragons? You know, obviously you would say, well, it's some kind of game, blah, 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 blah. But you would think that, oh, well, it's just like you go on these adventures, you fight dragons. But the truth is, like, early on, you know, at first, there weren't really, like, dragons weren't built into the game 
there weren't uh, the game mechanics and stuff like weren't really practical. And so it was super, super rare for that to be like a thing. And mm-hmm. so like in the early 80s, this guy, Tracy Hickman, he just got brought on as like a staff writer. He had kind of contributed a little bit in Dragon Magazine and he had, you know, made some modules for, for TSR who owned Dungeons and Dragons at the time. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of like driving around with his wife one day and they sort of just like built this sort of world where dragons were just like dominating and thought of like this concept of basically making a multi-media like package kind of for, for mm-hmm. this. So not only like it all started with like there are going to be these modules, which basically for anybody listening that isn't really familiar with Dungeons and Dragons, they're like these pre-made adventures. Right. Um, and it was going to be those pre-made adventures, novels, merchandise, miniatures, all this kind of stuff which hadn't really been done by these guys yet. And so it was kind of like, whoa, you know, kind of like revolutionary for them. And what's cool is when the first modules came out for Dragonlance, you could actually play these pre-generated characters who who were referred to as like the heroes of the lance or whatever. And so like all these characters. And then later that year, they released the first novel where these dang characters are in dude and so then you're like getting all this context to who these characters are and then you come back to your game and be like oh man i want to be this guy or i want to be that girl and you know it's just in it's just incredible and so like the first book is called dragons of autumn twilight and it came out in 1984 and so dragon lance is set in this world called crin and Mm -hmm. the dragon lance itself is it's actually a weapon that was designed with the sole purpose of killing evil dragons. Oh, that's cool. And so this novel starts off, man, taking place when sort of it's many, many, many years since the last sort of like evil dragon was killed. And it was like this big deal and all this. But it's been so long that basically people have kind of started to like not believe that they're real. I mean, kind of like in Game of Thrones, you know, people are like, I mean, dragons, they're not real. They, They don't come around anymore. There's no, you know what I mean? There's that mix of like, it's been too long. People just have kind of lost belief. They've lost belief in like the the gods of the world and all this kind of stuff. And so the dragon lance itself is is the weapon that was created. Kind of like us now. Well, yeah, man. And <laughs> it's like... It's like we have iPhones. Yeah, we we're good. We don't believe in Bigfoot. Who needs These weapons it? were created like using magic and like old like artifacts. And it's just really, really cool to, I don't know, be like dropped into this world and then to know that like you could then go and play as these characters in these pre-made modules in that area. And the thing about these books, you know, I think on the surface, like people, you know, they'll even look at like the covers and and they'll even think like, I mean, fantasy novels, like that just sounds like the worst, you know? But the the thing is, it's it's interesting because like the characters themselves are like super intriguing. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of depth there. And within these books, there's like like literally... Anything you'd be looking for, you got it here. There is uh, action, there's love stories, there's tragedy, there's crazy monsters, there's mystery, and of course, magic and <laughs> dragons. But it's, and like, there's really cool, sort of like, in a way, social commentary when it comes to like, you know, people of like different races or like half races. I mean, one of the main characters, his name is Tannis Half Elven, and he's mm-hmm. half human, half elf, because like his, elf mother was uh raped um by uh yeah like a human soldier or whatever and so anyway like he is a bastard basically and he is just one of the most incredible like characters i've ever read man like this incredible like hero incredible leader it's just uh it's just awesome man so like i am gonna let you borrow these because you need to read them, man. I mean, just listen to these characters, okay? Like, here's what's another cool thing. Before the book even starts, the very first page, you open the front cover, the very first page has basically, like, a list of the main characters and, like, little mini descriptions. And, and, and like, at the very top, it says, an unlikely group of heroes. And then it starts, it names them and gives them descriptions, like, Tannis, half-elven, leader of the companions, a skilled fighter who detests fighting. He is tormented by love for two women, the tempestuous swordswoman Kitiara and the enchanting elf maiden Lorana. Man, love it already. Yeah, no, dude. Sturm Brightblade, 
Knight of Salamnia, once revered in the days before the Cataclysm, the knights have since fallen to disgrace. Sturm's goal, more important to him than life itself, is to restore the honor of the knighthood. Then there's Goldmoon. She's a chieftain's daughter, bearer of the blue crystal staff. Her love for a tribal outcast, Riverwind, leads them both on a dangerous quest in search of the truth. Man, that sounds amazing. Yeah, dude. Riverwind, grandson of Wanderer. Given the blue crystal staff in a city where death flew on black wings, he barely escaped with his life, and that was only the beginning. Rastlin, Caramon's twin brother. He's a magic user. Though his health is shattered, Rastlin possesses great powers beyond his young age, but dark mysteries are concealed behind his strange eyes. So basically, what's his name on Game of Thrones? Bran. Bran, yeah. Kind of, but even more like the whole time in, especially in this first book, you're like, is he... Is this guy a bad guy? Is he a good guy? I don't really know. He's got these weird, like, hourglass-shaped pupils. And mm. like, and then, so Caramon, Rastlin's twin brother, is a warrior, a genial giant of a, of a man. Caramon is the exact opposite of his twin. Rastlin is the one person he cares for and the one person he fears. Flint Fireforge, dwarf fighter. Tannis's oldest friend, the ancient dwarf, regards these youngsters as his, quote, children. Then there's Tasselhoff Burfoot. He's a kinder, which basically is this book's version of, or this series' version of Hobbit. And um, mm-hmm. kinder, the nuisance race of Kryn, are immune to fear and uh, consequently troubled seems to follow them home. So it says... Did they just say the nuisance race? Yeah. They're basically like <laughs> always like stealing things or like, you know, oh, wow. just kind of annoying little like hobbits, basically. And it, now, I wonder if this was like before... before they created halflings um because they couldn't use hobbit because you know yeah i'm not sure because they are a little bit different actually they have like different culture and stuff like they have like a um kind of a silly looking like top knot on their head like a long Mm. hair and stuff and so it is different technically than like your typical halfling that that appears in like the forgotten realms and stuff but Mm -hmm. um the cool like right after that it says the eight are given the power to save the world but first they must learn to understand themselves and each other. Man, so cool, awesome. dude. Yeah. What a huge, like, party, too. That's Oh, yeah, and that's really that's only, that's not even all of them, really. You meet other characters that come along, and it's just like, man, I'm telling you, dude, it is man, I mean, are you amazing. heading down to, let me borrow that book today? <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe, I don't know. You know, man, speaking of all of the D&D stuff, we had our very first... I guess technically zero session, session zero and session one yeah. of our new campaign last this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And man, dude, unbelievable. I'm, I'm back on the wagon. Yeah, man. It was incredible. Now we added a couple of players to the group. Yep. You know, some other buddies of ours uh, who joined kind of like the original group. And you mm-hmm. guys would remember them on our episode, Knights of the Rad Table, where we introduced you to Luke who is one of the other players, and then Ellis, who is the dungeon master. Yeah. So we added a guy named Brad and our friend Johnny uh, Mm -hmm. to the group. And the best part is, like, none of us knew really what each other's characters were going to be or look like or, you know, kind of specialize in or, you know, what, in Dungeons & Dragons terms, what class they were going to be in Mm -hmm. or what race of creature. And so as we kind of were introduced to each other in the game, uh, which I also thought was brilliantly uh, sort of laid out. Um, It was just amazing, man. We've got this. So Brad is playing this turtle, which is essentially like a humanoid turtle. I mean, think of it as like the best way to kind of envision it is like Ninja Turtle. A Jose can say go back. Tell me. You didn't pay money for this. Right. Oh, that's, I mean, literally, that's exactly. But like a little bit more like elemental looking. And he has. Char- oh, you know, what it, you know what it looks like? It actually looks just like, and again, boy, we're off the rails for people who aren't into into our sort of culture here. Yeah, but uh, who who was the bad turtle? You remember the toy? He was like, like sort of like a turquoise color. And he looked a lot more like sort of turtle-ish, I guess. He kind of looked. Like his his head was more like a snapping turtle. Yeah. Um, what was that guy called from the Ninja Turtles? I can't remember if it was like Toka or Razor. Should we look this up real quick? I think it's Toka. 
hold on. We don't want to look like idiots. We're not, man. I remember. We're gonna look. I'm gonna look not like an idiot. Um, well, you're gonna cut all this stuff. Toka and Ray. I'm gonna keep Razar. it when you say you are right. Razar. No, that was the wolf dude. They came out together. Mm-hmm. In Ninja Turtles two, I think. Oh wait, what? Wait a minute. I'm not talking about that one though. Doesn't really matter. Anyway. But am I not turtly enough for the turtle club? The character itself, though, is hilarious because. You know, again, having not really been or played with Brad or Johnny before, mm-hmm. it was not just like that we were being introduced to new characters, but introduced to like how they were playing this character that they created. And like this turtle man was hilarious. Mm-hmm. You know, like we we start out where we're, you know, I don't want to dive too deep into this, but essentially like you know, you imagine like a group of heroes, someone mm-hmm. in a town is saying like, hey, we're, we, you know, this little girl went missing. Do you guys want to like go and look for her? You know, we can't give you much, but here's some gold, you know, kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, truly we could say, well, no, nah, we don't really want to, or yes, we would based on like how we think our character would react to that. Well, since the majority of us are hero looking for adventure kind of characters, <laughs> we're like, yeah, absolutely. And this turtle basically says like now hold on a second we can't just go looking for every single little girl that disappears all the time (laughs) you know and it was just so funny man it was just such a different like take that i'm like yes this is going to be great and then johnny's character is kind of this mysterious sort of wizard that is very sorcerer or yeah sorcerer that's very even killed and like which is taking it all in and it's just oh man it's just so good it's going to be so much fun i'm so excited yeah, I, I, I've got to say, and it was it's funny because like, so when Woody and then our friend Luke and myself first played, you know, we had we played like a four shot, which ended up being like a five, six shot or whatever. No, no, it originally was supposed to be a three shot. Um, and that was kind of just to sort of teach us sort of the game mechanics and how to play and all that. It was such a different kind of sort of different way of playing, I think, because mm-hmm. we were so new and especially me was like super cautious hey let's like you know leave no stone unturned let's like check out everything let's like make sure everything's okay before we open the door and it's it's so refreshing now with this like new like little cast of characters uh especially brad who i'd never met before and he's awesome brad you're a good dude you're Mm -hmm. awesome and i'm super psyched to play with you and having johnny in there but it's funny having brad in there you know being this sort of uh this rogue turtle, which is kind of a contradiction anyway you know you think of a rogue being like this super skinny like lanky like really easy to hide and sneak around light on their feet real sort of wispy and then he's like this turtle, which is like this huge kind of ninja turtle with a giant shell on his back but man he it's he's just so funny in the sense of just pushing the envelope there's no sort of like caution and there's no sort of like well i don't know if we should do this he's like well i think i'm gonna try to steal this like right right off the bat and it's funny because because of him it's like i'm over here like yeah dude i'm your cheerleader yeah steal away let's see what happens oh man so it's really, really cool, man. Yeah. I have a sneaking suspicion that that character is going to get us into some into some serious <laughs> hot water here and there throughout this uh, throughout this game. Yeah, I'm super excited too about Johnny's. I love like the way Johnny plays too. He's very like I mean, just pretty badass. Like, yeah, kind of just you know soaking it all in, like the surroundings, not like really kind of quiet at mm-hmm. all times, and kind of like. But then these like little moves that he does are just I mean they're just kind of genius. Cool. Yeah, man. I mean. That's the thing that that I think folks that maybe haven't played or, or have no interest in playing, it's kind of hard to kind of imagine, you know, essentially the best way to kind of describe it is like if you could create your own video game character, mm-hmm. like how would they be, you know, and and then how would they react to certain like scenarios and things presented to them. And it's just neat to see, you know, we put so much time into our own characters and creating their backstories and like all this like lore surrounding them that right. once we're introduced to like other characters it, it's just really fascinating to see how these the new guys kind of came in and and you know thankfully sort of had prepared equally as much as we did mm-hmm. and, and it's and it's just so different it's not like a bunch of us are all just like the same we're all like yeah let's go beat this monster like we're all doing it with different strategy and all for yeah. like the same purpose and the same goal and stuff which is really really cool 
you know, and like kind of dropping little hints here and there so that we can begin to sort of understand and learn more about those characters without just, you know, in a more realistic way, without just being like, all right, man, where are you from? What happened? Why are you this way? Why are you on this quest? You know, we're, we're mm-hmm. kind of slowly trickling that information in. Uh, and so like, that's another part of it that's just super, super fun and intriguing is trying to kind of get that information from those characters that you're surrounded by to yeah. get the full sort of like picture of who this person is and why they're why they happen to end up being right there. And it's much different than our first game. You know, our first game being introduced to this, I think Ellis did an outstanding job kind of creating a scenario where all of our characters, we start having already known each other, right? Right. And so we have yeah. this this shared background of adventuring together. And then um and then this game kind of starts twenty years later. <clears throat> and so our characters from the previous game are now legend. Yeah. And uh Which is so smart. Like, yeah, such a dude. Cool it's gonna to be so it. cool to see how that kind of ties in because you know that it will in some way. Mm-hmm. Um but the way, you know, all of our characters kind of came together is relatively classic D D where, you know, a couple of us were in like, you know, this tavern or whatever and Oh yeah, that's like the you know I think that's like the most classic yeah. sort of But he also like mixed in this like dream sequence that Johnny was or Johnny's character was having and like oh, just yeah, that was all cool. kinds of crazy, crazy, crazy stuff, man. It was just so much fun. Well and one thing too that that I that I really like about this this new campaign is um you know, even though we we did start out as like a, uh, you know, the classic, like, oh, we all just meet up in this pub, basically, and we're all having drinks and getting to know each other, and I'm from here, and I'm from here, and, you know, whatever. It, it's cool because a lot of us didn't know what each other were going to be as far as, like, class and, and backstory. So it ends up kind of being this, like, we all sort of gravitate to this table together because we're all so different. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have, like... A dwarf. Uh, you have me, who's like half drow, so I'm kind of this bluish gray uh, elf with silver hair. You have uh, Luke's character. What, what was Luke's character? He, he was a uh, dragonborn. So he's like he's like a oh he a, is dragonborn, like yeah. sort of like a dragon humanoid. Yeah, yeah. This like seven foot tall. Is he, and he was like red. I mm-hmm. think seven foot tall red dragonborn with like these sort of like dreadlock like tendrils coming out. Then you had this, you know, giant sort of turtle uh, rogue, and then Johnny's just like a human, like sorcerer. So it's like this straight up island of misfit toys kind of vibe. And you know, instead of like just meeting up, it ends up being like all of a sudden everybody starts looking at us, kind of like it would be in a small town with yeah. like sort of prejudice and like, and then you know, then like a battle sort of erupts. And it was just, it was a great like getting to know you kind of you know, set up, mm-hmm. but also kind of getting right into like a little skirmish so so the new guys could kind of see like the sort of battle mechanics. Yeah. And, uh, and the way that it man. was presented too, if you think about it now, kind of thinking about it, it's like it was a very cool way to kind of control that. In a, even though like as a player, you can do limitless Anything. things, right? Mm-hmm. It was a cool way to kind of make that happen as a, as, you know, Ellis kind of, almost forced it to happen by like explaining to us there were no other seats in the tavern. It was completely, it was just right. jam packed. There was right. a couple empty seats mm-hmm. and um, I thought that was really cool. And then like essentially what started this like fight was, was this like, I don't know, ogre dude comes up and says like, Hey, these are our seats. Y'all need to leave. And we could have very easily just been like, all right, cool. We were on our way anyway. But instead we were like, my character just starts laughing um <laughs> yeah but uh and so you know kicked it off with a nice uh a nice fight yeah so, really really cool i don't know especially if people aren't interested in dungeons and dragons how much longer they want to hear us talk about it so i think yeah. this is probably a pretty good spot to um take a break and then come right back no. talking about more dnd <laughs> <laughs> no to uh, kind of wrap it up and uh mm-hmm. oh man hold on i had a thought about i was thinking about albert Ostman this morning. What did I think about? Oh, no, no, no. I, I remember what I thought about now. I was having, a, I, th- I thought about Albert Ostman this morning thinking about last week's episode and like, <laughs> I don't even, was it like four pounds of prunes? <laughs> I mean, you know. Well, he had like, like five cans of beans, 
four pounds of prunes. I mean, maybe the Bigfoot family was like wanting, like, hey, look, all we've been eating is this like sweet root grass. Yeah. Our stomachs aren't doing well. This guy's got four pounds of prunes. He looks like he knows what he's doing. Let's take yeah. him along and maybe he can help us out. <laughs> I don't know. We need some fiber. Look, we said every single week and we're never going to stop doing it. We really appreciate you, the listener, taking the time out of your busy life to listen to our show and interact with us. Not only does it make our day, but it also just really kind of solidifies our reason for doing this podcast. Right. We've met people from literally all around the world. I mean, we've got listeners in so many different countries all across the globe. And just to hear, for example, that, you know, one listener from Tasmania mm. is telling, is, is talking to us about like cool creatures and stuff that exist on that side of the world. And it's just incredible dialogue that we get to have with you folks. And Literally, we couldn't be more appreciative than, than we are. We, it just means the world to us. Now, Tyler, where is the best place for people to interact with us? Well, most of the time, we're over on Instagram. So feel free to hit us up there. Mm-hmm. You can shoot us DMs. Feel free to comment. There's always like a lot of good back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, like what he said, if you have a spooky story or an encounter, feel free to send us a more long-form <laughs> accounts or stories, I guess, over to our email at that would be radpod at gmail.com. We kind of started this podcast. We understand that it's it's a pretty broad podcast. We talk about paranormal one week, D&D the next, the Ewoks the next week, toys from the 80s one week. And so we understand that it's pretty broad and it's hard to kind of put your finger on like what we're all about. But it just so happens we, we're, we love all that stuff equally. And we knew when we created the podcast that surely there's more people out there that are like us that have that same kind of 80s nostalgia and love for for these things not all of them but maybe one or two here and there and so you know we do we we we're so happy and we're so uh it really kind of makes us feel fulfilled for what we're doing when uh you guys do hit us up or give us suggestions of hey you guys should cover this or hey have you heard about this that's just really really cool to us and it it really means a lot so uh yeah we love you we appreciate you and as always be red. That's the way it That's the way it goes.